Bom bom bits, a bowl full of chips. Bom bom bits, with Chappy and Pip. Bom bom bits, two young brothers. Bom bom bits, talking college football. Bom bom bits, and life and humor. And some funny ass clips. So relax and unwind with a bowl full of chips. This crowd grow. I swear y'all don't know what you mean to me. It's been something to see. I remember when we started this week long party. And to think that it's over, it makes me want to spring break down. Just think about all our good times together. back that's right all you big boys looking for some big noise from the big 10 a bowl full of chips has got you right where you want to be and we bring it with the man that is bip and me i am chappy the big 10 slappy and like i said i'm joined by the man shoot from the hip bip bip what's cracking you finna do a little snacking <laughs> you know it, Chappy. Uh, sometimes do a little more snacking than what I should, but uh, it's good for this week as we we're talking about our uh, our hometown uh, conference, if you will. We're doing some yes, sir. Big Ten spring reviews and seeing some of the goings on from not only the spring games that took place, but also the spring practices. So looking forward to getting it started, Chappy. And um, so let's get it going. All right, yeah, and and just so our listeners are aware, we know that some of these spring games are, you know, two, three weeks, some even more than that removed. But Bip and I, when we when we dive into things, we want to do it the right way, and and we don't want to just give a quick, um, you know, three hour post game off the cuff uh, idea. We 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 do our due diligence, and and the research is done the right way. So we found that would be the best for you, the listeners, to to give you the the full in-depth exclusive, not just from one viewing or from one website. We went uh, deep, as they say, into uh, Big Ten countries. So you've got that coming to you. So thank you for joining us on A Bowl Full of Chips, your podcast for national non-cliche coverage of all things college football. We promise to bring you what we see as the most pertinent info, well-researched and thought-out insight, and confident claims backed up by analytics and experience. And while we know you'll be getting what you want, we ask that you help us bring that to others as well, and it doesn't take much. In fact, it'll probably be one of the easiest things you do this week. If you could, please just share with your buddies, your blood, hell, even your boss. Maybe that'll help make the connection that'll get you your promotion, huh? Just hit that share button and text, tweet, or email our link to those that love college football just like you. Feel free to interact with us on Twitter or email, too. On Twitter, I am at champion underscore lit. And I am at bfcbip. You can also send emails to bowlfulofchips at gmail.com. So every week we talk about this uh, on a bowlful of chips. We love college football. 
We love to laugh. And this week, we want to give you our love for superheroes. Now, Bip, you and I recently saw the Avengers Endgame movie. Um, and no and, spoilers for those listening. You don't nope. have to fast forward five minutes or anything like that. <laughs> no, nope, no, nope, we're not going to go that deep into it. But we thought that we would share with you some of our favorite superhero movies or superheroes in general, um, beyond even just the Marvel um, realm. So, Bip, why don't you start with yours? Who are some of those superheroes or those superhero movies that uh, that you hold close? Well, I really, and this is going to be one that a lot of people probably share the opinion of, I really enjoyed The Dark Knight, uh, not just because of Heath Ledger's performance, but the way God, the entire awesome. movie goes, yeah, and, and that's one of the best performances, superhero movie or not, of all time, mm -hmm. um, especially as a villain. Um, but that movie went through, and it's a kind of a longer movie, but the, the pace of the movie, the fact that they used the music so well throughout that entire movie with that ominous tone, but still yeah. that that uh suspenseful music it was amazingly done and then the dark knight rises behind it was almost as good um and you hardly ever get such a good uh follow-up to a movie as as that was and in my opinion those two are even better than the first of the trilogy batman begins which is really difficult to do yeah. uh when you consider that uh the first of a trilogy may be um, the the last ranked of the three. But the other one I'm going to go with is the original Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Yes, sir. I know it's been redone twice within the past 20 years, which is really kind of an odd thing in and of itself that you would have one movie franchise and one superhero played by three different uh, guys, and they've each had at least a sequel done to them as there's another Spider-Man movie coming out uh, within the next couple of months. But I really thought that it was done well. A lot of people don't like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, but uh, uh, call it the nostalgia factor. That one always is is um, an interesting watch for me and something that if it's on, I will finish it to the end. And speaking of nostalgia, Bip, I remember that that was one of the first movies that you and I went and saw the two of us when I was right. up at CMU and you were still in high school. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, uh, you know, it was kind of that, that cool brother moment that we had, uh, not mm -hmm. to get too uh, sentimental on our <laughs> listeners, but, um, yeah, I, I don't understand the, the hatred for Toby Maguire either. I love him in almost anything that he does. And I remember the first, when I first saw that, I was like, really, he's going to be a superhero, but I wasn't putting two and two together and thinking, <laughs> okay, Peter Parker is not exactly, you know, right. Vin Diesel or anything like that. So, um, I thought he, I thought he was awesome. Yeah, I thought so too. How about you, Chappie? Any any superhero movies or TV shows that uh, stand out for you? Yeah, I I, I had Spider Man as my number one. Um, I, okay. I love Tobey Maguire in there. Um, I thought James Franco really in his first breakout role was was pretty good um, right. as as a villain that uh, wasn't even too much of a villain toward the end. But I really love um, J.K. Simmons in that as the crotchety uh, <laughs> editor and and just the guy who is just a jerk but you love to hate right. and you and you yeah. and you love to love as well so right. um i also you know i wasn't even thinking of of the dark knight but yeah heath ledger love everything that he did um a tragedy of what happened with him but uh, you and i have said this that if 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 i if you put that movie on in front of me and said nothing about who was in it if you just kind of uh, gave me a preview and said who do you think is playing um that character Heath Ledger probably would not have been in my top 100. Um, no, would have just been so far off my radar. Cause you know, I was used to seeing him in 10 things I hate about you. And, um, that night movie that he did, you know, the other one, um, you know, kind of that comedy, but, <laughs> right. uh, not, well, and certainly not, not that, in the but, dark. Yeah. Not, not only that, but I think that was around the time where he hadn't really done a whole lot the previous few years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for that to be such a big role, uh, in such a blockbuster movie was kind of, you know, one of those things too, to where you're like, 
Heath Ledger, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I think um, I think it was the next movie he did after Brokeback Mountain, um, if I'm not mistaken. So Oh, that's right. Okay, so he did have something. He, mistake he did, that, but, but it, uh... <laughs> it, it wasn't like, um, yeah, it, it was certainly yeah, you don't a, think a 180. Mountain and, then, and then, oh, Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, another one that I'm going to throw out there is actually going the TV series route. And I like the original Incredible Hulk TV series. Now, that was something yeah. that... When I was uh, when I was a young chappy, that was um, something that I would watch any chance I could get. And actually, at school, they had this little um, picture book, uh, comic book style uh, of the Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno and um, uh, uh, what's his name playing Bruce Banner, Bill Bixby. I, Bill Bixby. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> but that was just such a such a cool series, and uh, I actually. Nerd alert! I do own the 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 Death of the Incredible Hulk DVD. In fact, I think you may have gotten that for me. So, uh, pro- yeah. props to you, Bipster. Yeah, and maybe the best um, ending theme music of any TV show oh, of all time. Hands down, hands down, and <laughs> very easy to play and pick up on the piano too. I might add. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I also want to throw in there. Um, my heroes are are not so much of the Marvel characters, but I also, you know, you know me, I'm a big '80s uh, pop culture guy, and so. My heroes are guys like Daniel LaRusso, a.k.a. the Karate Kid. Um, there you go. But I also like the sports route. Yes, uh, I, I'm going to separate karate from sports. But um, Dan Rudiger uh, is, is a hero of mine. And also yep. the 1980 Olympic hockey team. Miracle is one of the best movies um, on my list in terms of, you know, sports or any of that kind. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that route as well. So well done. Well, we uh, we want to get to the the heroes that were of the spring in Big Ten country. And before we do that, as we were compiling a lot of the research and, and all the things that are, are going to give us the information that we're going to shout at you right now, we want to shout out some of the contributors and some of the writers who were responsible for um, helping bring this to us. Bip, so start with your, uh, you know, you did the east of the Big Ten. So who are some of those uh, people that, that you want to give props to? Well, um, I want to go with uh, Stephen Brooks, and he's a uh, beat reporter for 27 Sports for the Michigan State Spartans, and you can find him at at Stephen M underscore Brooks. Um, Updates of the Spartans of past, present, and potential future. Uh, Frequent poster to Twitter, um, has some good articles on the website as well, so give him a follow. Yeah, um, and and I'm going to kind of go, and and this is just really... Uh, usually in my nature, but uh, I'm going to go through a, a little list here. But, you know, in the West, Bob Asmussen, uh, f- who covers the the Illinois Fighting Illini from the News Gazette, um, Black Heart Gold Pants in the Gazette for Iowa, the Daily Gopher and Star Tribune from Minnesota, Husker Max, a great website for Nebraska sports, uh, my buddy Louis Vacare and the Wildcat Report, uh, Hammer and Rails, and also the Journal Courier, who cover uh, Purdue University. Bucky's fifth quarter and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who cover the Wisconsin Badgers. So those are um, some people and some publications that really do a great job in covering and in, in beat writers that give us the in-depth look at at those teams, Bip. So mm-hmm. let's get right to it. You asked for it and we're going to do it to you. So uh, let's start in the West and we're going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers, the Badgers. The Badgers. So um, a lot of people are wondering what's going on at quarterback. They lost Alex Hornerbrook and, and all signs right now point to two guys that are, are going to get their fair shot come fall. There's, of course, freshman quarterback Graham Mertz, who's had some ups and downs. He's made some mistakes in reading coverages, according to reports. 
but he is very mature, uh, more so than you would expect a 19-year-old or 18-year-old incoming freshman to be. Now, he did enroll early. He was there for the spring. Um, there doesn't seem to be too much concern with him, but it might take a little bit of time. And so that's where Jack Cohn, uh, who started the tail end of last season, he's coming back. He's the incumbent. Still appears to have the lead in the room there, but don't be surprised if you know Mertz kind of emerges. And if he can't emerge, will maybe be the starter by midseason. But certainly Jack Cohn is going to do all he can to hold on to it. And, and I would not be surprised at all if Cohn solidifies that quarterback job, at least for this year. Uh, maybe we see Mertz in, in some spot roles. But I think as long as the Wisconsin train is rolling, whoever's at quarterback there, Paul Chris is going to stick with it. I don't see him rotating any of those guys. Um, interesting note, running back Jonathan Taylor, who you picked as your All-American running back, Bip, um, was is running track this spring. Now, he was a track runner in Ooh. high school, so um, that's only going to make him faster, a little bit stronger. I don't see it being any potential for injury. Um, it's, if anything, it's only going to – um, you know, sharpen the blades that that he's going to use to cut through those Big Ten defenses. So that'll be something to see how how much that makes him even springboard to be an even bigger factor for the Wisconsin run game. Um, also on the offensive side, they've moved Caden Lyles, who was a uh, a fifth or sixth defensive lineman last season. He's been switched over to the offensive line and has gotten a lot of work at offensive guard. He's likely to start. Logan Bruss looks to be uh, the starter opposite Cole Van Lannen at right tackle. So Van Lannen will be on the left side. Um, although incoming freshman Logan Brown looks to be the future. He was a very highly recruited offensive lineman, a big dude. So the wonder is, is he going to get a shot at one of those tackle spots? Um, as Wisconsin is having to replace four out of those five mammoth offensive linemen from last season, three of them went to the NFL. The fourth one, um, had to retire for medical reasons. So that was a little bit uncoming, but, um, we'll see how they recover there. It's Wisconsin. So you figure that those linemen are going to be ready to go. Yeah. Um, on the defensive side, nose tackle Bryson Williams um, is the starter, but he's he's going to need some depth to emerge behind him. Um, right now, the, his backup is a senior walk-on, Gunnar Roberge, who not taking anything away from him, but you certainly would like to see a little bit of uh, their their recruits and some of the guys that they brought in the last couple of years spell Williams at that nose tackle spot. The big name to watch out for um, is freshman inside linebacker Leo Chanel, who's 6'2", 239, and has been described by many on the team as strong. One word, he's strong. He reps 225 on the bench press 32 times as a, as a true freshman. Um, wow. He's adjusted well and has shown good things this spring. He's drawn the praise of defensive coordinator Jim Leonard and also his position coach. Um, he's said to have been very good in pass coverage. He's a very physical guy. He's a hitter. Um, and like I said, many describe him as strong. Um, this whole group is going to be good. Chris Orr, Zach Bond, um, Jack Sanborn, and Noah Burks are all working on the first team at outside and inside linebacker in that 3-4 scheme that Jim Leonard likes to run. And then they've got uh, the already mentioned Chanel, uh, walk-on Mike Mascalunas backing up on the inside, and then also Alabama transfer Christian Bell, and Isaiah Green-May, who has a lot of uh, upside and a lot of buzz around him. He's gotten some split time with the number ones that that is Green May. Um, and Ch Tyler Johnson's also a name who's going to be backing him up. So not a shortage at linebacker, and, and that's good when you run that 3-4 scheme bit. Um, in the secondary, still looking at which cornerbacks are going to settle and which ones will emerge as the leaders. They've got a lot of guys who have played a lot of snaps last year as youngsters, but the question is, are we going to have two guys that are going to solidify and be, you know, our, our every week starters on the outside? And then safeties, Eric Burrell and Scott Nelson, and also Reggie Pearson and Colin Wilder have um, shown that the safeties are probably going to be that uh, heart of the uh, of the defense along with the, that linebacking crew. So 
Um, you know, they have to replace a couple of guys up front, but the linebackers and the safeties seem strong. So I expect Wisconsin to kind of come roaring back this year. And they've got two kickers, uh, one last note here, that are, are kind of working. They've got a short-range guy, somebody who's maybe 40 yards and in, and they've also got a long-range guy, somebody if they need to boot one from beyond 40. Uh, so they're really going to try out both those guys as um, their kicker, uh, Rafael Gaglianoni, um, who – I hate to say it, you know, really put the gag in Gaglianoni. He's the one who missed the field goal that <laughs> lost against BYU. Um, missed a, a, another one in another game later on in the season, and I, I'm drawing a blank. But, um, you know, he was somebody who had a, a lot of strength coming into last season and was kind of a disappointment not to kick the guy when he's down, no pun intended. But um, they're, they're going to try and solidify that with two guys this season, Bip. So that's Wisconsin. That's what's coming out of Madison. Let's go over to the East and, and give us your first team. Or first okay. of all, I guess I should say any questions or any thoughts on Wisconsin before we transition. Well, um, kind of going into to what you had mentioned, they lose uh, some quality players on the offensive line and at linebacker, but both positions they're never short on in any year as offensive line, they become a factory and at linebacker, they've had two players drafted each of the last three years. So I think they should be set in both. And if they are, they could uh, very easily challenge for um, the West coming up in 2019 there, Chappie. Yeah. And a lot of people are sleeping on them and, and I'm, I'm just telling you, do not do that. It's, it's not wise yep. to sleep on, on the Badgers. So, right. So let's so go to the East. it over to the East. We'll uh, start off with the Ohio State Buckeyes and uh, a lot of the talk going into the spring and the spring game was at the quarterback position and the quarterback. Or did they actually, get somebody here? <laughs> quarterback that actually looked most polished was Matthew Baldwin as he went 20 to 36, yeah. 246 yards and a touchdown. But he um, has since transferred to TCU, yep. opening the door wide open as if it wasn't already <laughs> for Justin Fields, um, who was only four 13, but he did have a 98 yard touchdown strike to Benjamin Victor in which he was uh, it was thrown about 45 yards through the air on the money. Um, Fields also ran for 38 yards and a touchdown. So he showed some of the playmaking ability that he possesses, but he's going to need to increase his accuracy and his efficiency to fill the big shoes left behind by Dwayne Haskins. So mm-hmm. really curious how he's going to um, step into that role as it's difficult to replace the passing production that Haskins leaves behind. But Fields has some of the most uh, amount of talent of any quarterback in the country this year. At running back, the backup spot behind J.K. Dobbins is starting to gain a little bit of clarity as both sophomore Master Teague and early enrollee freshman Marcus Crowley look pretty good. Uh, in the spring game, they rushed for 75 yards and 50 yards, respectively. Uh, but and can, and can I interrupt, the, Bip? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Doesn't Master Teague just sound like uh, a great hip-hop artist name? I mean, he sounds more <laughs> like a rapper than he does a, a running back. But yeah, that dude exactly. that dude can lower the shoulder and bring the boom. So I'm sorry. Right, continue. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, perhaps the, the guy that stole the show the most offensively was another early enrollee five-star um, and wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. He made a really nice touchdown catch as he high pointed the ball in the end zone over his defender he came to campus with a lot of uh fanfare and hype and he has impressed those in columbus this spring he could easily push his way into a crowded receiver group come fall and really be that uh playmaking uh threat as they lost so much from that receiving group um due to the draft and graduation this uh this past year and by the way um mr wilson does follow us on twitter so uh shout out to him as well all right. Yeah. Very well. Very good. Very good. Um, the the Buckeyes are also expecting big things out of tight end Jeremy Ruckert this year. But in addition to that, Luke Farrell, Rashad Berry, and Jake Hausman all contribute um, to potentially 
give the Buckeyes more utilization of their tight ends in 2019 than in years past as they go uh, they go deep in that group. Mm-hmm. So not only are they deep at wide receiver, they're deep at uh, pass catching and blocking options at tight end. So a yep. uh, good group for uh, whoever wins a starting job, presumably Justin Fields. Defensively, Jason Wint uh, kind of stole the show as he had two picks in the game. The Buckeyes are installing what they call the bullet position or a hybrid linebacker safety position to replace one of their linebacker spots. And while Brendan White is currently in line to start at the position, there is talk about both Sean Wade and Jason Wint also getting reps at that bullet position. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, lastly, Javante Jean-Baptiste and Alex Wilson both impressed as they look to add depth behind Chase Young and Jonathan Cooper at the defensive end position. So overall, pretty nice spring for the Buckeyes. They didn't have too much turmoil uh, other than losing Matthew Baldwin. So um, thing to keep an eye on there, obviously, quarterback depth should Justin Fields falter or get injured this upcoming season. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see. I think that that Ohio State defense is going to be much improved with um, co-defensive coordinators Greg Madison and Jeff Halfley. And we talked about how Madison, I think, is mm-hmm. just going to um, you know, bring a, a, a nice upgrade to that defense. And I think that they got a bum rap last year. They were not as bad as a lot of um, quote-unquote experts were saying that they were. I mean, they certainly yeah. weren't um, – you know, the, the, the strongest defense in the, in the conference, but um, they, they played a lot of guys last year. And I think that that's going to really help them this year. In addition to, I think the upgrade in, in coaching, and that's not to besmirch uh, Greg Shiano or Alex Grinch, but I think the two of them were not on the same page. And um, Grinch went to Oklahoma. Shiano was, was uh, relieved of his duties. And, and I believe is now over uh, in new England. And I think he actually lost that job too. Didn't he Bip or, or, yeah, he stepped down or it's mutual. Something happened yeah. there that was weird after he was named DC there. Right, right. Um, but yeah, kind of a defense last year that maybe played up to the level of their competition outside of Purdue, right. stepped up when they needed to, um, and didn't look great overall, but not a, not a defense that I would expect for that to happen two years in a row for. Right, right. Yeah, and and you know it's Ohio State. They're a factory. You know that they're going to be a factor in everything. And and ironically, I think quarterback is probably the most uh, concerning position for them on offense. I mean, even more so than the offensive line. Like mm-hmm. you said, loaded at running back, loaded at receiver, uh, four deep at tight end. Uh, I mean, they're just going to look great. And and you just hope for their sake that they can keep Justin Fields healthy. Although um, there was big concern at the quarterback spot, but getting Gunnar Hoke as a uh, grad transfer for, or I'm sorry, as a transfer right. from Kentucky. I don't know if he's eligible right away. I think he is. Cause I think he is a grad transfer. Um, okay. so as long as he, you know, does his classwork and, and, and finishes all that and actually gets his grad transfer papers, um, should be the backup in Columbus this season. And he's an Ohio yeah, kid not too. A, so yeah, not a bad backup to have for sure. Yep. So let's kick it back over to the West there, Chappie. Who's, uh, who's coming up next for you? All right. Next, we're going to go to Iowa City, uh, where the Iowa Hawkeyes did not play a spring game because, quote, they were doing stadium renovations. And, and I get it, Bip. Um, you know, we, we kind of joked with our guys on the Eyes on Big podcast, Big Kurt and Jeffrey the Greek. Um, Jeffrey the Greek, obviously, being an Iowa grad. But, you know, I kind of made the note that. I'm sure that there was not any other stadium in the state of Iowa that they could have maybe borrowed and used and had a, a spring game. So, well, um, no, there's no flat land in Iowa for them. No, to I know 120 uh, yards for yep, the hills and, and all the, all the oceans, uh, property and whatnot. You just, right. you can't do it. So, um, 
Yeah, you, you you figure that they could have a um, field of dreams situation somewhere <laughs> where they could just play in a cornfield or what? But but anyways, one, I, I digress. One would think. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm not gonna digress as much from that. But uh, <laughs> well, um, here's what we learned from their actual practices on campus because yeah, they did actually have a field where they could do it and they could have had the spring game. But again, um, you'll digress. Uh, running back looks to be improved. Uh, Makai Sargent appears to be the number one running back, and that was to be expected. He kind of finished last season as their top guy. He's becoming more patient and comfortable back there. Uh, but Torin Young is going to be their banger. Ivory Kelly Martin is their burner to spell him. So they're still going to have a, a slew of three backs, but but look for Sargent to get the bulk of the carries. Um, there's a lot of buzz also around true freshman Shadrick Bird, who um, is, a, is a pretty good athlete and is more of that burner type. So, um, you know, they might use him as one of those four-game redshirt deals this year, kind of groom him because Sargent will be a junior. Um, I think Young and Martin are both either uh, – juniors or seniors off to look that up but nonetheless running back should be improved this year for for the Hawkeyes um at wide receiver they're going to need to rely a lot on Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Marset early on to ease the losses of both tight ends Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson and also their uh one of their best receivers certainly one of their best hands receivers in uh Nick Easley um Slot receiver Nico Regani has played well this spring, running good routes and showing some slipperiness. Um, and then also keep an eye out for Tyrone Tracy, who um, a lot of buzz when he came in, uh, looks to be a star that's ready to emerge. He was a true freshman last year, and I'm not sure if he will be a redshirt freshman this year or not, if he played more than the four games. But nonetheless, he's a youngster uh, with a lot of upside and uh, a lot of height as well. I think he's like 6'4", uh, about 200 pounds. So good looking dude on the outside. Speaking of that tight end position, Drew Cook, yes, he's the son of uh, Iowa legend Marv Cook, um, and also Sean Beyer are going to be the guys that are going to be the go-tos this year. Um, it looks like Beyer will be the one who's probably going to get the nod to start, especially because Drew Cook was nursing an injury this spring and didn't get much uh, action. But we know Iowa, we know that they like to use more than one tight end, so expect both those guys to be in the mix. On the offensive line, Tristan Wirfs and Alaric Jackson are two offensive tackles that are going to be good. In fact, so good that maybe this will be their last year and they'll jump to the NFL. Um, they, they've got that kind of size and that kind of um, you know ability. Both will be juniors this upcoming season. And um, at center, they've converted defensive tackle Tyler Linderbaum, who was a pretty um, sought-after recruit. He's now the starting center and, and is showing to be the guy and, and, and uh, really doing well out there in, in the middle of that offensive front. So, uh, he's a name to uh, to expect to see a lot this year. Moving over to the defensive side, defensive tackle Davion Nixon, um, who's described by coaches as a giant human being, has uh, become academically eligible now, and it looks like he will give the Hawkeyes even more depth on that defensive line. Originally, he had put himself in the transfer portal because reports were that he wasn't going to make it academically and was going to maybe try it at a different school. Of course, that's all allegedly and according to reports, but uh, word is now that he's going to stay at Iowa because he is making the grade there. So good for him. Good for him to, to get back on that academic track. Um, we know that AJ Epinesa is going to be one of the top defensive ends in the country. He'll be teaming with Chauncey Golston to make a, a pretty good defensive end pairing. Um, and then Cedric Lattimore and Brady Reef will be in between them. So they lost a lot on that defensive line, but they do have a, a, a good core coming back, guys with experience. And those uh, who follow the black and gold know that. Amani Jones was slated to be their starting inside linebacker last year. He has now moved to defensive end and gives Phil Parker a little bit more athleticism on the outside. Um, and Iowa's a team that many teams are starting to do this now, but where they will play 
um, somebody at defensive end, move them inside on pass rushdowns to get more uh, speed and agility to get past some of those bigger interior linemen. Um, same can be said about redshirt freshman outside linebacker Jade McDonald, who has looked to play both defensive end and outside linebacker. Um, now, you talked about the bullet position at Ohio State. At Iowa, they have a position which they call the cash safety, which cash is really, you know, they use the C to kind of, they take a, a corner who can also play safety. So last year it was Amani Hooker. Um, who was really a safety, but could also line up as that nickel or that slot corner. This year, it's redshirt freshman DJ Johnson, who has really been impressing in the spring. And they've also given Michael Ojemudia um, some work on that too. So Ojemudia is probably going to be one of the starting corners on the outside, teaming up with Matt Hankins. But if they need someone to cover a slot receiver, they can bring in Julius Brents, who had a really good freshman season last year. Um, so they've got some depth at that cornerback position. And the next in line, who might be even better than any of those guys that we mentioned, is freshman Duran McKinney, who many uh, Iowa fans say is going to be good as well. Um, at safety, Kayvon Merriweather, who's a basketball prospect, actually, looks like he'll be the starting free safety and is going to fit nicely into uh, Phil Parker's scheme. So that's kind of the the rundown in Iowa City. Um, Iowa's another team that I, I think people are kind of snoozing on a little bit, and, and I could easily see them competing with Wisconsin. One of those teams, whoever wins that matchup in November, is probably going to come out atop the West there, at least as we see it right now, Bip. Yeah, Chappie, I'm one of those uh, people that are hitting the snooze button on Iowa. I just think they lose they lose a lot on offense, obviously, with the tight ends, but even more so, they lose a lot on defense. And uh, for them, though, they do have Kirk Ferentz, and they also do yep. return their top two running backs. And one of the most uh, veteran signal callers in the entire Big Ten and Nate Stanley. So uh, dangerous to to underestimate a team like Iowa who plays off of defense and running the ball and not turning it over when they do return their top two backs and uh, their top quarterback um, for the past couple of seasons. But um, that schedule more than anything is going to be brutal for them. Yeah. Um, intrigued to see how, how they uh, come out of spring and, and head into fall um, with some of those uh, defensive position battles that they have. Yep. And remember Iowa fans, he's at BFC BIP on Twitter. So um, <laughs> spew the venom. <laughs> well, speaking of spewing venom, I'm going to go over to the East and I'm going to talk about ugh, the Michigan Wolverines, Chappie. Ugh, I and, hate uh, that guy. <laughs> So offensively, things look uh, like they went pretty smoothly um, with the the new Josh Gaddis re regime, um, and he has his team looking like they're heading in the right direction. And uh, in relation to getting out of the Stone Age with the the play calling, um, that said, the quarterbacks and offensive line were kind of iffy in the spring game. Um, quarterbacks Patterson, McCaffrey, and Milton combined to go only ten of twenty two with three touchdowns, but also two picks, and were kind of sacked uh regularly um at wide receiver ronnie bell scored two touchdowns in the spring game yeah he looked good as the injury yeah the injury bug kind of hit the uh the michigan receiving core once again <laughs> and uh that opened up some playing time for him as uh michigan's wide receivers if they can stay healthy their top three are about as good as any in the country mm -hmm. but uh open things up to show off some of the depth that they have as well at the position um, and I saw, too, that um, Tariq Black made a nice catch and a, and a great ankle-breaking move. So it's nice to see that his uh, broken foot that kept him out most of last year appears to be uh, healing pretty nice. So Right, right. 
Um, the Wolverine secondary um, has been talked up by Don Brown for the majority of the spring. In particular, he's called out Avery Th- or Ambry Thomas, Vincent Gray, Brad Hawkins, Jamaric Woods, and Josh Metellus for their strong play. He specifically called out Ambry Thomas as taking the next step, which could be really important for the Wolverines as they lost some key players in the secondary. And this doesn't even take into account highly touted freshman safety Daxton Hill, who wasn't mm-hmm. in for the spring. So given these facts, the secondary still struggled. Um, and they missed assignments and allowed Michigan's talented wide receivers to get open and make big plays in the spring game. So I'll be intrigued come uh, fall to see how good this uh, Michigan secondary is because they do have a lot of talent, but they, you know, it's hard to replace the guys that they lost um, this past year. Um, Devin Gill um, also uh, defensively, uh, he had a couple tough games last year, especially in pass coverage against Ohio state and Florida, but he was said to have made the most progress against uh all of Michigan's or amongst all of Michigan's uh, linebackers this spring. Um, and something that I found kind of intriguing, Josh Uche uh, has been taking snaps at linebacker after playing the role of pass rush specialist last year. So he could give Michigan an extremely talented and versatile option for defenses to concern themselves with mm-hmm. when you consider that he could line up on the line or back at the linebacker position. So um, he's someone that I'm going to keep a, a strong eye on this year, as I was really impressed with his play last year um and how efficient he was at getting to the quarterback yeah um another guy to keep an eye on cam mcgrone a former five-star linebacker has caused a lot of buzz um in ann arbor and he could potentially be starting the season with a uh, one of those starting linebacker spots and um on the defensive line defensive tackle donovan jeter was called up by multiple coaches including uh both don brown and jim harbaugh and uh, on the ends, Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay were also mentioned for their strong springs as that defensive line looks to replace two of the most defense, uh, talented defensive ends in the country in Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary. So overall, uh, pretty good spring. Sounds like uh, the Wolverines had some good uh, progressions from uh, guys that are looking to step into key spots, especially at uh, wide receiver and along the defensive line there, Chappie. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I... Going back on what you said about Uche, is uh, I, I think that gives Don Brown a, a great uh, wild card to play because if he yeah. lines up at defensive end in a pass rushing situation, um, Jordan Anthony steps in for him at middle linebacker, and and he was a guy who coaches said had the best spring of any defensive player last spring. Um, didn't really see as much action last season, but um, they're high on him this year again as well. So. Um, you know, and, and those defensive linemen, Quiddy Pay, Carlo Kemp, those are two big dudes um, at defensive yeah. end and D tackle. Not to mention they bring in Chris Hinton, um, a true freshman, Mazai Smith, mm-hmm. um, also both at defensive tackle positions. And then uh, uh, Central Michigan transfer Mike Dana um, comes over, who led the Chippewas in sacks last year. Um, he'll give them another uh, option at defensive end as well. Um, somebody who's a, who's a pretty big, pretty strong body um, on that defensive front. So, yeah, Michigan's defense, again, under Coach Brown, looks to be um, lined up as one of the best in the conference. Yeah, for sure. So who you got now, next, Chappie, coming out of the West? Well, let's take you down to Heavenston, Illinois, for the <laughs> – Wonderfully talented oh, Northwestern Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> little little uh, home flavor there. So, well, the big question uh, really from last season is when is Hunter Johnson going to get on the field and how good is he going to be? So um, the, the Clemson transfer, who was somebody who um, was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, by some reports was the number one quarterback in his class. Um, 
didn't beat out Trevor Lawrence. And after seeing Lawrence play last year, it's hard to think that anybody could have beat him out. So Mr. Johnson transferred over to Northwestern, sat out last year, but practiced with the practice squad. Um, he's a sophomore this year, has three years coming up. He's believed to be the starter, but Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach, says that the coaching staff will know this well before anyone in the media can confirm. And in fact, don't expect any confirmation until the first snap is taken against Stanford in the opener. So you can speculate all you want, but we're not going to have any real guarantee until somebody trots out on the field against the Cardinal on August 31st. All reports lead to Johnson being the guy unless he completely uh, tanks it in the fall or, you know, God forbid, some sort of injury prevents him from going there. So um, switch or staying on the offensive side of the ball, Trent Goins, who is normally a defensive end and really one of the, the uh, you know, one of their top guys on that defensive line, even though he's not a starter, has been working at the super back position, which is Northwestern's hybrid tight end wide receiver fullback position mainly because they've got some depth issues there. Cameron Green uh, would have been a three-year starter coming back, but he had to retire due to medical reasons, mostly concussions uh, that have plagued him. Uh, the the next guy who was supposed to start, Trey Pugh, was out most of the spring, so they had to kind of get creative and work a few guys in there. And, and for the most part, Northwestern superbacks are more blockers and, and run game specialists than they are receivers, and that's where you take a big body like Goins, who plays on the defensive line, um, to go in there and add some beef. Offensive line is going to be the big question going into the uh, 2019 season. Um, there's got they've got Rayshon Slater, who is a three-year starter now. Um, started on the right side at tackle. He's probably going to move to the left side to take care of um, Hunter Johnson's blind side. Gunnar Vogel is going to man the outside spot on the uh, the other tackle position. Um, Jared Thomas is the veteran at center. He's a uh, a three-year starter now. Uh, but new guy Sam Garrick, whose dad played in the NFL. Um, and Sam Stovall looked to be the top guards with Nick Urban in the mix as well, ready to spell one of those uh, one of those two. And also don't sleep on freshman offensive tackle Payne Hebert. Um, they have a new offensive line coach, Kurt Anderson, who played football at the University of Michigan. He's coached at Arkansas. He's coached um, at other places as well. So he's certainly got some good experience. He kind of joined Northwestern staff midseason last year as more of like an analyst, uh, but with former offensive line coach, um, uh, Matt Cushing taking the head coaching job at Eastern Illinois. Anderson now steps into the role and he kind of brings a positive impact and some more toughness onto that staff. And that's not to say that coach Cushing wasn't tough, but if you look at Kurt Anderson, he looks like an offensive lineman. He looks like, a, a, a you know, someone who's in a biker gang. So somebody who uh, can, can put a little bit of uh, spice into that offensive group. Um, and as far as breakout players this year, look for wide receiver Kyrick McGowan to, to have a breakout season, stepping in for Flynn Nagel at that slot receiver position. On the defensive side of the ball, they've got a, a, an embarrassment of riches at defensive end. And so um, Sam Duke Miller has been the starter at defensive end the last two seasons. But don't be surprised if Ernest Brown, who was a four-star recruit out of Texas, who actually snubbed the Ohio State Buckeyes, um, to to play for the Wildcats. He might take that defensive end spot opposite All-American candidate Joe Gaziano. Um, and we already talked about Goins and, and Sam Duke Miller. So really, they go four deep and four pretty good defensive ends on that defensive side of the ball. Um, the question, though, is going to be at defensive tackle, where um, two-year starter Alex Miller and Jake Saunders look to be the two up front, but Trevor Kent and Joe Spivak are going to be the guys backing them up. Linebacker, they've got some competitive depth. Um, they return 
two of the uh, top eight tacklers in the Big Ten last season in Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher. But uh, stepping in for Nate Hall, who leaves that Sam linebacker spot open, um, the incumbent is going to be uh, our own Michigan boy, um, Chris Bergen, who's a pride of Country Day High School a bit. Uh, but also Jalen Rivers, Peter McIntyre, Khalid Jones, and freshman early enrollee Michael Jancy are going to uh, work to fill that outside linebacker spot. Um, cornerback is, is still a, an ongoing thing. And there were some injuries in the, in the secondary this season. So, um, a couple guys have actually had to retire medically and then, uh, going to, uh, special teams, two-year kicker, Charlie Kubander has been bothered by a lower body injury. And so freshman early enrollee Trey Finnison, who actually, I believe is from Tuscaloosa, Alabama and spurned the, uh, Crimson Tide, who really need a place kicker to come out to Evanston, could earn the spot as the kicker this season before all is said and done. But so that's the the latest scoop out of Evanston, and of course, kind of like Iowa, they didn't have a spring game either. And and Coach Pat Fitzgerald is very very close to the vest, really gives nothing. So even as a beat reporter for the Wildcats, it's hard to get a lot out of them, and a lot of it is going to be well, we'll see what happens when when fall gets here. But that's what we got the scoop so far. So back over to the East, Bip. Um, or any questions about the Wildcats? Well, uh, like most of the uh, Big Ten, I'm really um, looking to see how Hunter Johnson performs. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be as big a factor for the Wildcat success as as any. Mm -hmm. But also, how can Isaiah Bowser um, build upon the the strong freshman season that he had last year? And what I'm really curious to see is, is there any chance that Northwestern can get any better at their uh, discipline considering how few a penalty yards they had last year? I mean, if they do get any better, they're looking at negative uh, penalty yards. So, um, yeah, statistically, you know. maybe, but uh, from a ranking standpoint, <laughs> you can't get higher than number one. So, <laughs> right, right. So, all right. Well, kicking it back over to the East there, we'll go with the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. So, uh, with Tommy Stevens having transferred, Sean Clifford is thought to have the lead in the quarterback competition. And in the spring game, he was 11 and 19 for 118 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 33 yards on the ground. So, um, he figures to battle Will Levis, who was four or seven for 86 yards and a touchdown. Now those two also have true freshman early enrollees to Quan Roberson and Michael Johnson mm-hmm. nipping at their heels. And each, t- uh, each of those two got time in the spring game, but both looked like true freshmen and aren't really expected to push for the starting job until later in the, the, uh, 2019 season, if at all in 2019, right. um, both are highly athletic, um, dynamic passers uh but uh, again uh true freshman quarterbacks are hard to take over um veterans like uh clifford so especially in happy um, valley exactly so uh they're running backs though there's a lot to like in in happy valley Mm -hmm. uh with the running backs as former five-star sophomore ricky slade who averaged 50 or 5.7 yards per carry and, and scored six touchdowns last year is expected to be the starter but Redshirt sophomore Jordan Brown reportedly ran a 4-3-40 last year and gives the Nittany Lions another dynamic option out of the backfield. Coaches like both of them a lot coming out of the spring. And in addition to that, true freshman Noah Kane was arguably the player of the game in the Penn State spring game, mm-hmm. rushing for 45 yards and two touchdowns on 12 carries. So not only are they talented, they're deep at running back this year, and they look to lean heavily upon them given the question marks that they have going into quarterback and that, um, and that's in 2019. Not, and that's not even to mention C.J. Holmes, who's a Notre Dame transfer, and then also Devin Ford, who's also right. a highly sought-after um, recruit at running back as well. So, yeah, they go about legitimately five deep in the backfield there. Right. 
Um, now, uh, defensively, James Franklin has called his group of defensive ends to be the best group of defensive ends he's been around in his 24 years of coaching. Yeah, so some good. high praise there. Um, Shane Simmons was mentioned as someone who could surprise if he could avoid injury. And uh, Jason Owe is someone that coaches are really excited about. He's said to have run about a 4-4-2-40, and he's 6'5", 260 pounds. This is only wow. going to be his fourth year in football, and he's really raw, but he's full of te- full of potential. So the coaching staff, as well as those um, in Happy Valley, are, are really excited to see what he can do, given that he's got uh, another year of experience under his belt. Um, at linebacker, five-star freshman Brandon Smith tied for the lead in tackles in the spring game with six, and he looks like he's got a really good shot at seeing plenty of playing time and possibly starting the opener uh, or soon after. Um, so adding him to Micah Parsons, uh, who has said himself that he's settled in at linebacker after a full year's experience, and he finally feels comfortable, which could mean really bad things for opposing Big Ten offenses as he looked scary last year towards mm-hmm. the end of the season. Um, just a, a freak of an athlete, and now that he's got some experience and actually feels, as he put, comfortable, um, you know, what kind of a season can he have in 2019 for the Nittany Lions? Yeah, it's like LeVar um, 2.0. That's right. So uh, lastly, the the battle uh, between top JUCO defensive back Jaquan Brisker and former uh, top recruit Lamont Wayne for Lamont Wade for one of the safety uh, starting spots is expected to last throughout August as Brisker won't al- won't arrive on campus until later this off season. So that's one of the bigger defensive battles to to expect in Penn, at uh, Penn State as both Brisker and Wade have a good amount of talent. Uh, but neither one has uh, been able to fully stick um, and, and be a star at the uh, D1 level. So something to look for as we get closer to uh, to August and, and the fall for 2019 there, Chappie. Yeah, and Brisker also was a former Alabama recruit. And you know that yeah. if you're recruited to play defensive back at Alabama, you're doing something right because that's Nick Saban's bread, bread and butter. That's his wheelhouse. So, yep. um, yeah, he was, like you mentioned, one of the top JUCO uh, recruits in the country. So... I'm really interested to see that battle going on. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, those defensive ends. I mean, when you start with Yutur Gross, Gross Matos and Shaka Tony at that defensive end spot, and then like you mentioned, Simmons, um, and uh, I mean, all those guys that are running through on that defensive line, plus the linebackers, Cam Brown, Micah Parsons, Brandon Smith, also Lance Dixon, who also enrolled yeah. early at linebacker. Um, Jan Johnson's a guy who I think is, he reminds me of Paul Puslozny, somebody who really never got a lot of love, but the guy just makes plays. Um, and right. he might be one of the, I mean, he's got that true grit at linebacker. So they just go so deep. I mean, Ellis Brooks is another guy, um, that they have thrown in there. So, I mean, it truly is linebacker you once again, and I'm really excited to watch Micah Parsons play. And again, as a Northwestern fan, I'm just glad to see that the Nittany Lions are not on our schedule because I can cheer for Parsons without having him, uh, Cause any harm <laughs> to my team, so right, yeah, it could be one of those, could be one of those vintage uh, stout Penn State defenses this year for sure. Yep, yep, that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> so, Chappie, let's kick it back over to the West. Who's up? Well, let's row the boat on over to the land of a thousand lakes <laughs> and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Yeah, um, give us an elite update, Chappie. Okay, well, uh, don't want to get too hyper, but um, <laughs> the QB race still seems to be up in the air, although some feel that it's going to be Zach Anikstead's job. And, and if you think about it, he was named the starter last year. He was really handpicked by uh, P.J. Fleck. He really um, did a lot to get him to come out and walk on to the Gophers, even though um, we all know it's really not a walk-on spot. He was going to be given a scholarship right away. But, um, 
the, the job looks to be his, but I, I was impressed by Tanner Morgan throwing the ball last season. I mean, Annex Deck throw, throws a pretty good deep ball, but I think to me, Morgan was a little bit more consistent, and I think he played bigger in the bigger games, whereas Annex did kind of played that early non-conference schedule. Granted, you know, they played against uh, a tough Fresno State team who we saw had, you know, did good things last year. But, um, you know, look for it to be Annex did, but we'll see that battle go on throughout the season. Um, at running back... Damn, they're going to be good. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim is uh, just a, a force at that running back spot. Uh, but then you add in Rodney Smith, Shannon Brooks, Bryce Williams, um, and that's just really the top four. They go even deeper than that. They've got a couple freshmen coming in. Jason Williamson has drawn a lot of buzz from coaches. Um, so, uh, you know, riches abound in that backfield, both at quarterback and at running back. In fact, putting out my uh, position strength previews earlier in the offseason. I put Minnesota as the top backfield in the Big Ten, and I still stand by that because they've got two pretty good quarterbacks and they've got really five talented running backs. And Ibrahim, I think, is going to become more of a, a national scene guy this year. Then you go to wide receiver, and they're pretty darn good there too. Rashad Bateman was the spring game MVP. He had six catches for 164 yards. They also got a uh, pretty good cornerback, Terrell Smith, taking some time at wide receiver, uh, running on jet sweeps and running around ends. So PJ using uh, a little bit of his trickeration and, and using his talented athletes on, on both sides of the ball. Um, so, you know, that combined with Tyler Johnson and Chris Ottman-Bell and Demetrius Douglas, um, they also have a um, couple guys like uh, Michael Brown-Stevens, who's a freshman to watch out for, Eric Gibson, a redshirt freshman, um, Namdi Adim. Madumire, and and apologize if I butcher that last name a little bit, but he's a freshman who's drawn a lot of buzz as well. Um, Clay Geary had some pretty good catches in the spring game, so they go pretty deep, and that's also, I mean, you throw in Seth Green, who's really their wildcat package quarterback, who's a hybrid tight end wide receiver who can make some plays uh, downfield at, on the outside. Um, tight ends look to be pretty good. Bryce Witham is a good target. Freshman Brevin Span Ford is also a nice size target. He caught two touchdown passes in the spring game. Um, on the offensive line, they return three starters, but the guys that they have coming in to fill the uh, the two guys that are, are out um, look to be pretty good. Jason Dixon at that left tackle spot. Um, they're going to move um, Connor Olson from guard to center and Curtis Dunlap, a redshirt freshman who has uh, shown some good things, will move in at that left guard spot. And then they've got a mountain of an offensive tackle in Daniel Falale. Um, I think he stands six foot seven, four hundred and five pounds. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, they gave him a handoff in a goal line situation in the spring game where he scored a touchdown. So you can be willing to bet we'll see that again at some point, maybe in a you know quote unquote meaningless situation um, in Gopher Land. Um, yeah, and you you better be ho you better hope that you be that you're playing uh, at Wyoming or something if you have someone that big running at you, so you already have the brown pants. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, what's that line from uh, the program? Uh, get off the tracks because the train's coming through or something like that, or or, or was that yeah, that was major right. league maybe, but uh, <laughs> major league two. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, uh, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive end Esezi Otomeo. Uh, is turning heads at defensive end, um, which is good because it'll give starter Winston Delata Baudere a run for his money, or at least will be uh, a third defensive end who can produce. 
Um, they got good news. First of all, that they got trans Notre Dame transfer Micah Du Treadway uh, coming in and is immediately eligible at defensive tackle. But not only that, he was also granted a six-year of eligibility by the NCAA, which means he'll be here potentially for two seasons for Minnesota. Um, so look for him to be in the mix on the D-line. Um, defensive end Boye Mafe played really well in the spring game and, um, you know, is, is probably going to be somebody they, they go really deep at defensive end there, BIP. Um, so, uh, there's questions about some other guys who, you know, have a lot of potential, but can they step up? But right now I'm seeing four guys at that defensive end spot that can step in and play and play well. At linebacker, outside linebacker Thomas Rush had a, a really, really good spring and could provide a good backup um, to guys like Carter Coughlin, who is likely to move from defensive end where he played last year back to his natural outside linebacker spot this season. Um, and also Kamal Martin uh, joins on the other outside backer spot. So Rush gives him a third outside linebacker, somebody who could really come in um, and give him another athlete in the middle of the field there. Um, Thomas Barber uh, st uh, stands on the inside. So really they have four quality linebackers who you could put in three positions. So the defensive side looks pretty good. And I really like promoted defensive coordinator Joe Rossi, who took over after the Illinois game last year, the Illinois debacle. I mean, there was no reason that Illinois last year should have spanked the Gophers as bad as they did, but they made the switch. And really the tail end of the season, the Gophers turned it on, especially in that Wisconsin game. And then they won their bowl game against Georgia Tech. And defensive coordinator Joe Rossi was a big reason for that turnaround. Um, in the secondary, cornerback Kearney Coney Durr played well. Um, and I was going to say that there's a lot of hype around Juco corner cornerback Kelvin Clemens, but he recently this week put himself into the transfer portal. So it looks like um, he's not going to be sticking around in Minnesota. You wonder if, if maybe eligibility is an issue there. Um, safety Jordan yeah. Howden uh, had some flashes of, of good things last year. He really um, improved and, and played well this spring. And he's going to join Antoine Winfield, who was really kept out of the spring as a precautionary measure because he is the best player that they have on that defense, maybe on their whole team, um, you know, following in dad's footsteps, Antoine, or uh, I'm sorry, um, drawing a blank. Was it Antoine Winfield? Is his dad name as well? He played for the bills and he played for yeah. Ohio state, yep. but um, yeah. So um, Howden and Winfield team is one of the top safety pairs in the conference. And then retro freshman safety, CJ Smith has also drawn a lot of talk from the coaches as well on the uh, special teams area. Emmett Carpenter is probably the biggest replacement that they have to make this season. So um, walk-on kicker Brock Walker looked pretty good in the spring, but they also bring in UConn transfer Mike, Michael Tarbett and incoming freshman Michael Lance, who will both get a shot. And many think that one of those uh, latter two will get the job. Um, and then they have um, all-conference punter Jacob Herbers, who was, uh, you know, showing to be solid this spring as well. So special teams are still going to be pretty good for the, the Gophers on that return side as well. Yeah, the what I'm interested most of all um, is how this uh, defense plays as th they lose Blake Cashman, but they return Carter Coughlin, which is huge for them. Yep. Um, but uh, we kind of know that their offense is going to be in the upper echelon of the Big Ten um, as far as teams like Minnesota are concerned. Uh, running back should be a strength for them. Um, throwing the ball to Tyler Johnson, regardless of who's doing it. Uh, should be a big plus for them. But how's this defense play out for the entire season for Minnesota? Mm -hmm. And is this a season that TJ that uh, PJ Fleck really turns the corner and uh, starts earning that big paycheck that he got when he when he um, moved over to Minnesota from Western Michigan, Chappie? Yeah, well, they, they certainly have every opportunity to do it. And there's a lot of people who are picking the Gophers to finish um, 
second or third. Some are even picking them to win the West. And and certainly, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. I, I'm not going to go on record and say that I think that the, this is their year. Um, you know, but they they certainly have all the dominoes in place. They just have to make sure that they all fall. Um, so it'll be interesting. But yeah. Well, we'll go uh, from Minnesota to Michigan State, and the Spartans uh, have a lot of um, questions surrounding that offense. Unfortunately for them, they didn't make any coaching changes. They just played a, uh, they took the cards, shuffled them up, and played with the same deck, essentially. But hey, the hey, Bip, biggest... Can you, can you fix the turntable? That broken record is, um, you know, keeps spinning. <laughs> well, that broken record keeps playing in East Lansing there, Chappie, for that <laughs> offense. So, um, <laughs> so maybe I'll, maybe I'll kick the, uh, the DJ stand and, and, and we'll get things, uh, turning for them but uh the the biggest sigh of relief that spartan fans can have is brian lewerke looks like he could be back to his 2017 form mm-hmm. as um most most signs of um his shoulder problems appear to be behind him as he went 14 to 20 in the spring game for 181 yards two touchdowns and an interception that was arguably more of a good play by josiah scott than a and less of a bad play by Lewerke. Right. Most importantly, he looks like he's got his velocity um, returned to him, which is really important because we saw what happened when Rocky Lombardi was in last year <laughs> and when Lewerke was playing with that bum shoulder. So, yeah. um, Darrell's or Darrell Scott or Darrell Stewart um, shined in the spring game as well um, and throughout the entire spring, really scored two touchdowns in the game and showed that he could team with Cody White to get the Spartans a very potent one 2 punch in the passing game this year. Additionally, Jalen Naylor was also called out for his strong showing the spring. So that gives the Spartans a, a nice group of receivers um, going into 2019. So if they can pair together with a revitalized Brian Lewerke, Spartans could have uh, something something going, and and they're going to need it because their running game was almost non-existent last year. Yeah. But another shot in the arm that they could get is true freshman Anthony Williams Jr. as he's been called the shiftiest back in the Spartan backfield, mm-hmm. and his name was dropped several times throughout the spring by D'Antonio himself. So look for him to be given every opportunity to carve out a role in the running game this year. Um, the the running game wasn't uh, on full display in the spring game, but that could largely be chalked up to how good that defense is and they look to pick up where they left off in 2018 the secondary despite losing justin lane and Kyrie willis uh might not miss a beat this fall as josiah scott will be the leader of the group and he had a pick as i mentioned earlier uh in the spring game the depth of this group is what really could lead this group into um is what i'm sorry it's really what could lead this group in addition to the talent uh, Kalen Gervin was highlighted uh, in the spring game as having a strong performance with a few pass breakups, even when paired against uh, MSU's number one receiver, Cody White. Mm-hmm. And the run defense looks to be even better than that. They finished number one in the country last year, and it looked uh, that good in the spring game, even without Kenny Willickis, who was still recovering from his leg injury that he suffered in the bowl game last year. So as expected, the defense looked better than the offense in the spring game, so they didn't answer many questions on that spotty offense. But um, although Lewerke's progress is encouraging, if they continue to struggle to run the ball like they did against that uh, tough run D in the spring game, 2019 could be more tough sledding for MSU. But I'm not really going to bet against uh, Sparty in 2019, given how good uh, that defense was last year and how many returning starters they have going into 2019 from that 2018 squad, Chappy. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at a team and, and how they're going to rebound is you, you first of all have to look, do they play good defense? Yes. 
You also have to look at, do they have, does their quarterback look good? And from the spring and from what we've been hearing, yes, Brian Lewerke should be back to form. And getting to, back to those receivers, in addition to the guys that you mentioned, they also have Lares Nelson, who had a pretty good spring. But they also bring in freshman um, Trey Mosley and also Trayvon Morgan. And Morgan stands 6'6", 215 pounds. So um, kind of reminds me of like a a Plaxico Burris type guy. And I'm not going to say that, you know, you know, that's probably an unfair comparison, but he certainly gives him size. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, positive hype around him coming in. So Lewerke's going to have, you know, receivers to throw to big question is, you know, not only can that running game complement them, but is that offensive line going to solidify? They certainly had enough guys who got enough snaps last year, but they just could not find that right combination. So, um, you know, they do bring in highly recruited offensive guard Devontae Dobbs. Is he going to get a shot um, or are they going to solidify with those five or six guys who kind of shuffled around on that line last year? And and with a, a good D'Antonio kick in the pants, can they, um, you know, be nastier? And from watching their spring game this year, they they did look better. And and the coaches were saying that they took last year personal and are really making it a point to, um, you know, to hammer away at, 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 at being a force on that offensive front, Bip. So. Yeah. And people. Uh, may forget how good Brian Lewerke was in 2017. And they so are. He is truly back to form of what 2018 should have been. I mean, it's not as if he missed all of last year. He had the experience right. in last year, so he just couldn't throw the ball. He didn't have the ability to throw the ball. So another year of experience for him, a healthy Brian Lewerke with this Michigan State offense. All they needed was just some semblance of an offense last year, given how good that defense was. They didn't get it. So if they get that in 2019, look out. Yeah. See, you're coming around. You're coming around. <laughs> <laughs> Again, all credit due to Brian Lewerke, not the coaching staff. Yeah, right, uh, right. Offensively. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's go to Lincoln, Nebraska and the uh, fighting Scott Frosts of uh, Nebraska University. So um, quarterback. It's it's a strong group. Taylor Martinez, or I'm sorry, I, I say that every damn time. Adrian Martinez um, has shown even better footwork than he had last year. And um, offensive coordinator Troy Walters and head coach Scott Frost say that, you know, this is going to be a guy that's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, you know, the H word is even being thrown out with his name. Um, and, and true to most great players, Martinez is kind of being humble about it and, and shying it away and, and putting the emphasis on his team, which is good for him. Uh, but uh, Noah Vedrill is a solid backup. He actually came over from UCF following Coach Frost. And then Luke McCaffrey, um, an incoming freshman, uh, will, will push – federal for the backup role so they they've got a wealth of talent in that uh quarterback room at running back they thought that they were going to have a a quality player in dedrick mills a transfer from georgia tech who was the acc freshman of the year during his uh initial campaign problem though is he's going to need to raise his gpa to be able to enroll and be eligible so right now his future is up in the air as a corn husker um and that's not good because that running back position is a little bit dicey right now with maurice washington his future is in jeopardy. Um, you know, all indications are that he's going to be able to play this year, but you can expect maybe a, a suspension for the first part of the season. Um, so we'll see where that goes. That's still unresolved. I'm thinking that maybe we'll see him back by the Illinois game, which is game four, right before they play Ohio state. Um, the timing couldn't be more perfect. And I think that would be by design. Um, Running back slash wide receiver, what they call their um, their duck position. Um, Wandale Robinson uh, looked good this spring, but he was somewhat limited with some injuries. And wide receiver J.D. Spielman, the same thing. 
Both those guys could be uh, really dynamic and should be dynamic forces on that offense, but they were a little bit banged up in the spring, so Nebraska fans are hoping for their recovery by the fall. Um, wide receivers Andre Hunt and Jamie Nance have drawn the most praise for making such strides at wide receiver this spring. Um, and they'll be joining, like we mentioned, Spielman, but also Cade Warner, who really came on late uh, last year. And then also Mike Williams, who was a highly touted Juco recruit from last year, but didn't really do a whole lot in 2018. So um, Nebraska fans and coaches are hoping that he'll rise up. Um, Jaron or Javon Woodard is also a guy who's a track star. He's a senior this year. Um, they're looking for big things out of him as well. Um, going to the offensive line, Cam Jurgens moved over from tight end late last year. And Scott Frost, uh, last season said that he quote, could be the next Remington winner. And of course the Remington award is for the top center in the country named after former Nebraska center, Dave Remington. So that's pretty high praise. When you take a guy switching from a different position, playing him at center and saying, um, in his first couple months on the job, saying that he's going to be the next great one, not just for your team, but for the country. Uh, Richard sophomore Trent Hickson has also asserted himself as a front runner at left guard. So um, joining with uh, returning starters, Bo Wilson, Matt Farniak, and uh, Brendan James, the offensive line looks to be better than they were last year. On the defensive side, new defensive line coach Tony Tuioti, who came over from, over from Cal, has made a really good impression so far. Scott Frost says that the D-line has taken, quote, a huge step forward. They did get um, Oregon State transfer Darian Daniels, who um, has really established himself not only as a physical and an active leader, but also a verbal leader. Expect him to be one of the captains on that side of the ball this season. Um, safety Jojo Doman is probably going to get more playing time at outside linebacker. Um, and, and we're seeing teams do this bit, as we've already mentioned on a couple of our teams in the Big Ten, where they're taking a, a safety and, and playing him at that hybrid outside linebacker spot. Um, so look for Doman to do that this year. He drew a lot of praise last season and last spring as, as really making strides and being a guy that they thought could be a uh, an all-Big Ten type safety. Well, now we're going to see him at outside linebacker, so that gives him a little bit more athleticism on that defense, which really needs it. Um, there's a lot of competition at defensive back, though, and that's going to be their big concern on the defensive side of the ball. Not so much at corner, where DiCaprio Boodle, who was the uh, one of the Big Ten leaders in pass breakups last year, and Lamar Jackson, who was second on the team in passes defended. Um, but at the safety position, um, there's going to be four incoming freshmen who are going to have a crack at playing time. Miles Farmer, Javen Wright, Quentin Newsom, and Noah Pola Gates. Um, are all going to get a shot there. Sophomore Cam Taylor has been working at corner and at safety, more of that nickel uh, or that slot safety, that slot nickel position. Um, coaches just say that they want to get Taylor on the field in any way that they can. And with Boodle and Jackson um, kind of asserting themselves at the starters at those corner spots so far, if Taylor doesn't upseat one of them, look for him to play more as that nickel back position. And then also cornerback Eric Lee has moved to safety to give them a little bit better of a, a ball hawking type guy out there. Somebody who uh, made some good breaks on the ball last year at his corner position, just looking to create takeaways on that defensive side of the ball. And uh, defensive coordinator Eric Chenander is really going to need some help. I think that this is going to be kind of a make or break year for him uh, because that defense for the Cornhuskers last year was a lot of trouble. And, and for them to have as high of a ceiling as many people see them having this year, they're going to have to really shore up on defense. Yeah, it, it almost seems as though it could be another year of the offense um, having to score more points because of the defense. Yeah. But if they can get some sort of uh, solid play 
Um, or it, it doesn't even take much with an offense that could be as potentially dangerous as, as what they will have in 2019. If they can just get the defense to make a couple key stops or force a couple key turnovers, that could be the difference between another six-win season for them and winning maybe eight, nine, um, to the high point of maybe 10 games, uh, depending on how the season plays out for them. But obviously, 10 games would be a stretch um, with uh, the defense that they had last year. So. Yep. Um, how that how that defense evolves um, in year two under the Scott Frost regime will be uh, a key point of interest for all Husker fans. Right, right. Well, kicking it back over to the West Chappie, we're going to go with the Maryland Terrapins. And uh, good news for the Terrapins uh, nation is Anthony McFarland continued to look explosive as he included a 34-yard touchdown run as part of his 57-yard production during the spring game. Um, but of major note or maybe of most note uh is how much the tight ends were utilized in this game especially and i'm probably going to get this name wrong but uh chigazium akonko yeah I think that's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> in the spring game uh the tight ends combined for 17 passes caught uh for 125 yards and four touchdowns um akonko himself caught six passes for 69 yards and a touchdown and all of this production happened without buffalo transfer tyler mabry yep. uh who was productive in the mac the past couple of season and g- seasons and gives the terps another weapon in the fall so look for them to utilize that more often in 2019 um with mike loxley coming over something to keep an eye out for mm-hmm. as it was certainly effective in the spring game um, Tyler DeSue appears to have won the battle to be the top competition to battle incoming uh, transfer Josh Jackson in what's expected to be um, a quarterback competition that goes throughout August. Now, Josh Jackson has the inside track and is expected to start, but DeSue was 23 of 35 for 218 yards and two touchdowns. And the coaching staff said they weren't surprised by his strong play in the game as he's been displaying this all spring. So something to keep an eye out for. Yeah in Maryland uh, as the uh, fall camp um, starts up uh, in, j- in just a couple months here on the defensive side of the ball. Deion Jones had strong play at safety as he tied for a game high eight tackles. Um, the guy he tied with uh, uh, and Eli won the EJ Henderson linebacker award for the, the job he did during the spring. Um, so strong play from him at the linebacker spot and with Maryland losing half of their defensive started starters, having encouraging games from, uh, guys like Jones and Eli is a good sign heading into the new season. Um, but something to, to keep note of and to look for as we get into 2019, the Terps don't really have their punting position settled yet. And they had poor play in the spring game as, Two of their punters combined to average just over 25 yards per punt in uh, with seven punts uh, in the spring game. So not a very encouraging sign for Maryland. Um, and uh, how big will the uh, uh, field position game be for them if they can't get some semblance of a, of a punting game uh, in 2019, Chappie? Yeah, and Wade Lees, I'm, I'm surprised that he uh, transferred. He was a really good punter, and Aussie uh, just found out this week that he's going to land at UCLA. So the Bruins are getting a pretty okay. good punter. But yeah, um, when I saw that he uh, left the Terps and, and kind of was reading up on that, I, I knew that that was going to be um, an issue of struggle, and it sounds like that things did get much better in the spring. Um, one good thing to, to note on defense is they'll be getting Keandre Jones, a four-star transfer from Ohio State, to add to that linebacker mm-hmm. uh, position to join with Isaiah Davis, who's pretty good in his own right. And um, you know, I you know they also bring in four-star 
freshman Nick Cross, who decommitted from Florida State and uh, made the switch to follow Loxley out to um, College Park, Maryland. So they'll have some pieces on that defensive side of the ball, and and you know that they're going to be um, really explosive on the offensive side. Um, granted that they can get good quarterback play and uh, that the offensive line can um, you know create enough time and also enough seams and cracks for those running backs to get through. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's go out to West Lafayette and uh, have ourselves some Boilermakers. So um, we're going to start on the offensive side. Quarterback Jack Plummer looks to be a very capable backup should Elijah Sindelar, who was granted a sixth year of eligibility, so he'll be here in West Lafayette for two more seasons. If he suffers at all or if if injury creeps up on him again, Plummer looks to be a pretty good guy and really the next in line in Jeff Brom's offense. Um, So... Uh, running back Xander Horvath, man, he looked good in the spring game. Once again, he was really their spring game MVP last year. He's bulked up. I mean, the dude is just all biceps and upper body. He wears number 40 and looks physically a lot like Mike Alstott, not nearly as big or as, as imposing, but, um, I mean, the, the dude's a specimen. So look for a more involved role for him this year, especially in their goal line package. Um, also, and I bet his uh, I bet his uh, shoulder pads and and neck pad are about the third of size the size of uh, Allstott as well. Yeah, but um, like Allstott, he really <laughs> has no neck. So um, <laughs> right. right. Um, Walk on running back Alfred Armour also made a name for himself, and the guy squats six hundred pounds, just like uh, Purdue wide receiver Rondell Moore. Um, a lot of lower body strength, and and he put up some uh, some bruising runs this this uh, spring season for the Boilermakers, which is good because the big question that they have on offense is that running back spot. So Tario Fuller is probably going to be the incumbent starter, uh, but they lost uh, Brooks and they lost Knox from last year, or not Brooks, but they lost Knox um, from last year. And I can't remember the other guy's name, but um, it'll come to me in just a minute. But nonetheless, running back is a position where the Boilermakers are going to need to um, have some somebody emerge. And, and if they can have two guys emerge, that's going to just be gravy for for the uh, old gold and black. Uh, at wide receiver, they have um, – I'm sorry, Markel, Markel Jones was the running back I was thinking of. So they lost Knox yeah. and Jones, but nonetheless. Um, wide receiver Jared Sparks is the go-to guy. Uh, Rondell Moore was kind of held out for uh, conservative reasons. Uh, all is fine with him. He's healthy. And, and what a great guy, by the way. If, if you listen to any sort of interview with, with Rondell Moore, he's just – he's a guy you want to have in anything that you do. Um, sophomore Tyler Hamilton had a couple touchdown catches, but there was a problem for Purdue wide receivers this season with drops. And that's something that Jeff Rahm will not tolerate and is going to get fixed. So, um, for Purdue fans, hopefully that does get ironed out before the, the August 31st, 31st opener. Um, wide receiver Ahmad Anderson, uh, also had a solid spring, uh, but there's going to be a lot of competition at that wide receiver position as, uh, you know, there's a, a good group of freshmen coming in. Uh, David Bell, a four-star wide receiver. Milton Wright's another guy who's a four-star guy. Jackson Anthrop, who really kind of um, turtled, in, and we didn't hear much from him last year after having a, a really impressive freshman season in Brahms' first year at the helm. Tight ends are going to be uh, a, a big role this year. So they already have Bryson Hopkins coming back, who's averaged 17.1 yards per catch last season. He was their second leading receiver. But they also have tight ends Payne Durham and Darius Pittman. Both are big targets. Both look good, especially Durham, who's a bigger body with a big catch radius. Um, I like Durham to be the complement to Hopkins, and those two guys are going to be running the seams this season. 
On offensive line, redshirt freshman uh, Jimmy McKenna has gotten a lot of looks with the number ones this spring, as well as fellow redshirt freshman Eric Miller. They moved um, pretty heavy recruited Alex Criddle over from the defensive line and now um, looking to be a starter and a factor on that offensive front. And then there's two players who are vying for the center position, Bryce Brown and Sam Garvin, but unfortunately for Purdue, neither one has emerged yet, um, trying to replace all, all Big Ten center Kirk Barron, who I believe was a four-year starter for the Boilers. Um, defensive side, George Karloftis, who was really their top recruit this last season, really impressed this spring, looked good in the spring game, and he's a West Lafayette kid um, who will have motivation to perform in front of many of his family and friends. Um, he looks to be a starter right from the get-go, um, either at outside linebacker or at defensive end, or maybe that hybrid both position. Um, linebacker Jonah Williams was fairly active, as well as linebacker Jalen Anderson, or I'm sorry, Jalen Alexander. Um, he made strides this spring. The secondary is where I think they're going to be the strongest on defense. So um, even though they lost Antonio Blackman and Tim Kaysen, they do return starting corner Kenneth Major and um, – Dedrick Mackey's another guy who uh, is going to step in and, and I think give him a, a really good outside corner pack, cornerback position. Um, safeties is where they're going to be strong as well. Elijah Ball was around the ball a lot this uh, spring, no pun intended, um, and drew a lot of praise from defensive coordinator Nick Holt as, at his safety position. Um, true freshman nickelback Jalen Graham, who played quarterback in nearby Detroit, um, looked good and matured beyond his years and looks to be the fifth DB this season, if not a, a starter at safety uh, as season goes on. Um, Simeon Smiley has moved over to safety from his cornerback position, and he played pretty well, especially down the stretch last year. Had a pretty good game against Ohio State, played well um, in, in other Big Ten games later on in the year. Uh, so giving him depth behind Major and Mackey at those corner positions. And then um, really uh, one of the cool things out of this spring was learning that Tyler Trent, um, who sadly passed away uh, from his bout with cancer. He's being memorialized with the naming of the student gate where everybody comes into Ross H stadium. They're going to name that after him and that's going to be unveiled this, uh, this fall. So looking forward to that. And again, thoughts and prayers go out to the Trent family and, uh, you know, probably the Purdue fan of all Purdue fans. So that's the, that's the word out of, uh, West Lafayette this spring. Bip, any, any thoughts, questions? Yeah, that was really cool to hear about Trent. Um, really, uh, Outstanding move by Purdue, doing it so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, also, really intrigued to hear about the the progress of Carloftis. Uh, as that was a huge recruiting win for Jeff Brom yep. and, and company, similar to Rondale Moore of last year. So if he can come on and give them, you know, even a slight bit of what the impact that Moore had last year, then that defense is going to be in a good spot. Yep. So kicking it back over to the West, we have the Indiana Hoosiers and. Um, Starting off at uh, signal caller, Peyton Ramsey was actually the only healthy quarterback for the spring game. Um, that's part of the the expected quarterback competition uh, for Indiana, as Michael Penix Jr. was still focusing on his ACL recovery and uh, transfer Jack Tuttle had the flu. Um, so <laughs> Ramsey, by all, all accounts, right. looked pretty solid um, and was probably um, good for him that he was able to step in and 
have so much of the uh, the reps in that game. He was helped out by a pair of receivers, Donovan Hale and uh, Ty Freifogel, as both stood out with several catches and um, give whoever wins the quarterback competition a pair of talented receivers to throw to. Um, the offensive line was was called out for having looked much improved from 2018. So whoever steps in at, at quarterback for the Hoosiers could uh, have more time to throw than what they had in 2018. Defensively, redshirt freshman defensive back uh, Jamar Johnson stood out as being an asset in coverage, as well as having gotten in the backfield a couple of times, including being in on a sack of Peyton Ramsey. Um, Marcelino Ball is jumping into what's the what's called the Husky position. So again, another name for that uh, linebacker safety hybrid position. He was specifically talked about by Coach Allen, saying that he's gotten bigger, stronger, faster, and has a tremendous skill set and a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to him, linebacker Raquan Jones was the most outstanding player of the spring and safety Noah Pierre won the most improved defensive player of the spring. So um, some names to keep an eye out on for uh, Indiana and going into um, the fall, I'm going to keep a close eye on that quarterback competition as I called out Peyton Ramsey as one of my uh, favorite quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to have his hands full as both Penix Jr. and Tuttle have a lot of talent and are really going to push for that quarterback starting spot, Jeff. Yep. And then also I'm intrigued to watch four-star running back Samson James, who originally committed to Ohio State and then changed his mind uh, late in the process, um, You know, joining Stevie Scott and even Reese Taylor. Taylor. Um, and Taylor's going to be that jack-of-all-trades. He lined up at quarterback, running back, wide receiver last year. Um, and then there's also Ronnie Walker Jr., Bip, I would not be surprised if the Indiana Hoosiers finished as high as third in the East if they have some things go their way. And I know that I mentioned that before, um, but they, you know, another guy that they bring in on the defensive side at defensive tackle is um, Juco guy Juan Harris, who comes over from Independence, Kansas, who um, lately has been one of the top performing Juco products, um, especially out in the Midwest. Um, outside linebacker Cameron Williams is a four star guy. Um, that they bring in. You mentioned Raekwon Jones. Marcelino Ball is just a fun guy to watch um, and, and I think will be the MVP of that defense. Um, so, and, and, you know, on offense, they bring in offensive coordinator Kalen DeBoer, who comes over from Fresno State. He's under Jeff uh, Tedford's tutelage, so you know that he's an offensive-minded guy, put up big numbers with the Bulldogs last year, and I think that uh, he comes into a great situation with, you know, really any of those three quarterbacks is going to give them a, a good chance to win. Uh, loaded backfield, some pretty talented and pretty experienced wide receivers on the outside, and, um, you know, if they can get an offensive line to gel, they they have to replace three starters, but if they can um, get them fixed and, and get them solidified, you know, they've got Michigan at home, they've got Ohio State at home, and they have Ohio State in week three, which is usually trouble for the Buckeyes. Um, that's usually a game where Indiana keeps it close for the first three quarters, and then Ohio State tries to pull away. But maybe this is the year that the Hoosiers, um, you know, knock off the Giants. And if that happens, I think that that could set a wave of lookout for the Hoosiers in the Big Ten this year. I'm not calling it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. Right. No, I'm with you. I, I especially like uh, how that offense could shape up um, the the backfield, especially with whoever wins the quarterback competition and that group of running backs they have, Stevie Scott especially. Yep. Well, let's. Uh, I'll give you my last team in the West, and we're going to go to uh, USC East. Oh, wait. No, that's not right. Oh, Illinois. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so I call them this because they seem to be trading uh, transfers or they're getting transfers from the Trojans. So, um, 
you know, there's there's defensive end Oluwale Batiku, there's wide receiver Trayvon Sidney, and there was quarterback Matt Fink, who we learned this week that was all a, a hoax, and it was, you know, he came out and said, no, 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 I I, I didn't uh, sign anything with Illinois yet. So, um, you know, the LA Times reported that, and, and then it came out as, no, that that's not the truth. So um, this team has been hit with personal or personnel heartache, and, and my heart goes out to all Illinois fans, especially shout-out to Big Kurt from Eyes on Big podcast. Um, they've lost three wide receivers who claim to be transferring in, um, A.D. Miller from Oklahoma, um, uh, from Miami, Jeff Thomas, and then there's one other guy that his name's oh, um, Brissette, who came over from Richmond and ended up transferring over to the University of Virginia. All three of these guys basically signed, sealed, and they just were not delivered. Um, they also lost a quarterback and MJ Rivers who transferred. They've lost a couple of DBs, and then of course, um, as you know, this month they found out that. Georgia transfer Luke Ford, who transferred to be closer to home to his uh, his sick family member, was, I think, four miles outside of the radius where you could play uh, immediately. And so his his uh, waiver was denied. And I know that he's appealing that. But, you know, again, with all these things, you know, with people like Tate Martell and, um, you know, other situations where these quarterbacks are being, you know, Justin Fields is another one, you're granted immediate eligibility. And then someone like Luke Ford um, really didn't play much at all last year. Um, I, I just don't understand and I don't agree with the NCAA's denial of him uh, being able to be eligible. But it, but then on the other side, the traditionalist in me says, um you know, let's not open the floodgates too much. But I'm going to stay away from that yeah. transfer uh, talk. Go ahead, Bip. But uh, I will. Yeah, if I if I'm if I'm Illinois, all I do is I walk up to the NCAA and I show them a picture of Tate Martell and I show them a picture of Luke Ford and I say, Exhibit A, Exhibit B. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. You tell <laughs> you me know, what the difference what, is, right? Exactly. What was the? I'll tell you what the difference is. Luke Ford had more of a reason to transfer than Tate Martell. Yeah, did. yeah, <laughs> and. Um, I'd be I'd be interested to see the uh, the ledgers for the NCAA after the Martell uh, family, um, you know, made their quote unquote appeal. <laughs> yeah, you see their notes. It says Tate Martell, comma quarterback, Luke Ford, comma tight end, yeah, right. and then you see approval. Denied. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Illinois fans. Getting back to your beloved Illini on offense, they showed some explosion, but there's still big questions at quarterback. Um, like we said, MJ Rivers, who was going to be the starter this year, has entered the transfer portal. Now, of course, that means he can still stay with Illinois. Um, but once you're in, you know, that kind of puts a stigma on you. And, and the writing on the wall is that either you weren't pegged to be the guy or you don't want to be the guy. Um, there is talk um, that Tommy Stevens has, is going to visit Illinois, the, the guy from Penn State who's put his name in the transfer portal. Now, he's also looked at Kentucky. He's looked at Mississippi State. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he hails from, but, um, if he goes to Illinois, that could be a win for both programs, but many Illini fans feel that the, the ultimate guy who's going to take it and the guy that they probably want to see take it is incoming freshman Isaiah Williams, AKA juice the deuce. Now they already had Isaiah juice Williams who led them to their last Rose bowl. And many Illinois fans are clamoring for this guy to do something even close. Um, running back Jakari Norwood had some explosive plays this spring. Uh, they do get a, a transfer from Valparaiso, Donnie Navarro, who actually transferred last year, sat out, and has given them a boost and some good hands at that wide receiver position. Um, tight end Griffin Palmer is going to help spell uh, starter Daniel Barker with some depth at tight end, especially now that they don't have Luke Ford's services this year. 
Um, on the offensive line, Alabama transfer Richie Pettibone has worked himself into the starting lineup, and they also have moved Verdis Brown from the D-line over to the offensive line side. So offensive coordinator Rod Smith, who does great things with his offensive crew, um, is, is happy to see him and, and thinks that he'll provide some nastiness to that front group. On the defensive side, um, Reggie Corbin, their star running back, praised the defense most of this spring. And Lovey Smith, their head coach, will now be the full-time D coordinator as well. Um, I have my concerns and reservations about a coach that is also going to be doubling as a coordinator, but we'll see how Lovey does. I, I know that he's a, a pretty good defensive mind. Um, but I think that this group will be respectably better than last year, not just because of Lovey's tutelage, but because of the the guys that they have returning and coming back. Um, the D-line looks to be good and probably their strength. Defensive tackles Jamal Bobo Woods and Jamal Big Mall Milan um, got the better of the weaker Illinois offensive line most of the day and in the spring game or most of the spring and also in that final scrimmage. Um, highly recruited defensive tackle Calvin Avery suffered what looked to be a knee-related injury toward the end of the spring game, but reports make it seem like he will be okay. Um, he'll rehab, and then by the time uh, fall workouts come out, he'll be ripping, roaring, ready to go. Um, at linebacker, they're excited to have Washington transfer Milo Eifler, who was a four-star recruit, um, transferred over, sat out last year, but practiced with the Illini. He's been playing at that Mike linebacker spot. Um, he'll join Jake Hansen to be a pretty good group of, of LBs for the Big Ten. Delano Ware is also making the switch from safety to outside linebacker. So again, we're seeing a lot of these safeties maybe uh, becoming that hybrid position. Um, and they're also expecting big things from incoming freshman linebacker Shimon Cooper. In the secondary, they should be pretty good, despite some of the losses that they've suffered from transfers and, and from uh, attrition. Cornerback Nate Hobbs looks to be an all-Big Ten corner and uh, somebody who will uh, make a big name for himself or a bigger name for himself this year. Um, and the secondary uh, has noted, and, and a lot of the guys back there, Biff, have said that they've improved their mentality to uh, last year they were coming out just hoping to produce, and this year they're going to come out more aggressive and, quote, wanting to dominate. So they've, they've kind of made that collective decision that we're going to just come out and be, you know, sons of bitches. We're going to be nasty. We're going to be aggressive, junkyard dog-type mentality where we're not afraid of anybody. You come in our face, we're going to, you know, try and cross our face, and we'll see what happens. Um, and look out for freshman corner slash wide receiver slash athlete Mar Marquez Beeson. Um, originally he's slated to play on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm willing to bet, you know, lovey rolls the dice and kind of thinks that this is his, I got nothing to lose year. And, and maybe we see Beeson as, as a guy who lines up at both wide receiver and corner. Um, pretty good news at, at place kicking, um, place kicker, Caleb Griffin, who has to replace, um, one of their top kickers. In fact, I think he's the top kicker in Illinois history, Chase McLaughlin. Um, Griffin's been kicking well this spring and and has acquired the confidence of the coaching staff. So um, it looks like they they won't slip too far in the place kicking duties this year, which seemed to be the the best weapon that the Illini had in terms of point scoring last year on offense. Bit. Yeah, yeah. The and I'm I'm just as. Uh perplexed as you of lovey taking over the the play calling duties um wondering how that's going to go but they had to try something as yeah. not only were the illini the only team to break the 400 point points against barrier last year they also decided to do, to go 73 points past that mark 
Um, so something needed to happen. But if they can get, if Lovey can calm that defense down and get them to play some respectable defense this year, they have playmakers all over on the offense, especially Reggie Corbin at running back. So, um, and in addition to that, Lovey's got the uh, the recruiting engine going, not just with transfers, but also he's brought in a, a pretty decent uh, class this past year. He's working on one this year. Yeah. So unfortunately for him, if it's another four win season for the Illini this year, he may not make it to see the fruits of his labor. Um, but he's got something cooking in, in Illinois. That's for sure. Yeah, they're definitely going to be a lot more competitive than they were last year or the last couple of seasons. So kicking it uh, back to the East for our last team here, Chappie, I'm going to go with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and good news for all Scarlet Knight fans. They still have a football program and it is still <laughs> division one, right? They haven't um, lost yet. <laughs> <laughs> offensively uh, running back uh, Charles uh, Snorway impressed, impressed the, the most in the spring game with 134 yards and two touchdowns. Now he is a fifth year senior who only saw five carries last year. So take that performance as you will. But with uh, Jonathan Hilleman's departure, that leaves 83 carries up for grabs with Snorway uh, putting his best foot forward in the spring game. Uh, both of the other returning members of the backfield, who both outrushed Tilleman last year, mind you, uh, were also solid in the spring game. And Raheem Blackshear was uh, said by some to be the offensive MVP yeah, of Rutgers good. this spring. So uh, this could be one of the, the few positions of strength for Rutgers this year as they seem to go potentially three deep if uh, what we saw from Snorway continue, continue into 2019. Now, perhaps the biggest question that the Scarlet Knights had going into the spring was what's quarterback going to look like? And um, Art Sikowski has made it obvious that he should be the starting quarterback in 2019. And that could be a good thing, uh, as it could mean that he's taking the next step. Yeah. Uh, but it could also mean that uh, Rutgers fans need to stock up the booze pantry now for the fall <laughs> due to a lack of plan B. So Sitkowski actually looked pretty decent in the spring game. He was 22 of 30 for 216 yards and a touchdown. However, he did have a pick, and that interception was reportedly a really bad one, in which he threw the ball right to the linebacker who made the play. He could have had a couple more touchdowns in the game, but he also could have had at least one more interception as well. So more inconsistent play from Sitkowski. We know he's got a strong arm, just a matter of if he can utilize it correctly. Um, defensively, uh, Richard freshman Deion Jennings was pretty much the talk of spring as he was all over the field in the spring game, recorded six tackles and an interception and turned many heads uh, for the Scarlet Knights. Defensive end to Juan Mason, who was lost for the season in their first game last year, showed that he's back to form and he looks to give them a good pass rushing threat as he finished the, the spring game with a, a sack and a few tackles and shown uh, showed no ill signs throughout the spring from the injury that he suffered last year. So uh, by and large, could be another long year for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But uh, Chris Ash is uh, a quality um, coach defensively. Um, but, uh, the, the main question for the Scarlet Knights going into 2019 again is going to be that offense. So if they can get better production from that, uh, seemingly deep group of running backs could be, uh, mean another couple wins for Rutgers this year, but, um, don't hold your breath too much, uh, as the, the offense looks like it could struggle once again, if they can't get more consistent play from Sitkowski. Yeah, and I will say that uh, Rutgers benefited from the transfer portal this offseason. Um, 
and most recently they got McLean Carter, who was the starter starting quarterback at Texas Tech this past season um, and lost his job really in the first game, uh, partly because he got injured. But um, so he's going to push Sitkowski to hopefully uh, for Rutgers fans to to um, sharpen his play and to, you know, be somebody who can be breathing down his neck to make sure that Sitkowski, um, you know, ups his game. And, and and if not, then maybe Carter, who, you know, coming from that air raid offense and that, you know, gunslinging mentality at Texas Tech, you know, he can throw the ball. Um, but they also get Drew Singleton from Michigan, um, who's transferring in this year. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how involved the tight ends are this season because they pick up Kyle Penniston from Wisconsin and Matt Alamo from UCLA to go along with Davon Robinson, who um, you know had a, a decent tail end of the year last year as a true freshman. And they would have had Travis Vokalek, who was, I thought, their best tight end from last season, aside from Jerome Washington. But he's put his name in the transfer portal and looks like he's going to be transferring back home, maybe out towards Missouri. Um, but yeah, my questions are, they lost a lot of key cogs on defense, and that's really where you have to start in the Big Ten. Um, and since the <coughs> excuse me, Rutgers Scarlet Knights don't really play lights out offense, um, aside from right. Blackshear and Pacheco at running back, um, you have to be stout on defense. So um, you know, can they do that? I think that this is a a coaching staff. I really do like Chris Ash, and I, I feel bad for him. I don't know that he's being given a fair shake here, even though that he got a contract extension. Um, you know, if they can steal one or two games and just get to those six wins, um, you know, maybe they can they can you know they will qualify for a bowl, and maybe they can start to um, you know get more of their guys in there, but it's, that's just a tough situation. I still think that Rutgers yeah. joining the big 10 was not a good move for either party. Um, and no. you know, Rutgers would feel, would be so much better off in the American athletic conference. I think that that would boost them uh, long-term. So, um, don't get too used to seeing the Scarlet Knights in the Big Ten for the next decade um, if if uh, the powers that be have anything to say about it and if college football fans have any voice. Right. So, well, that it for you, Bip? That's it for me, Chappie. That's, uh, I mean, that was a mouthful, man, for, for both it of sure us. Was. So, uh, <laughs> but we love it. And, uh, you know, those of you who are still tuned in, we thank you for it. So, a lot going on in the great land of the Great Lakes. And we are grateful you all found it worth your time to stay with us till the end. And the great thing, last pun, I promise, about podcasts <laughs> is that you don't have to search every time. Make it work for you by downloading or subscribing and following us on any of your favorite platforms, whether it's Apple iTunes, Spotify, or whether it's Podbean, whether you want to go to Stitcher, Breaker, the list goes on. So sign up if you haven't already and listen to the newest casts as they upload right to your device. Two a week is our average. And once you've gotten caught up on the recent entertainment and information from our show, feel free to check out some of our previous episodes you may have missed or want to revisit as you patiently wait in college football purgatory. And again, the best thanks and praise we can receive is by you sharing and spreading the good word to continue to make a bowl full of chips, the best growing college football podcast out there. Remember also to interact with us on Twitter and give us a piece of your mind. Well, that does it for us. I am Chappie. I am Bip. We thank you and look forward to getting back with you next time. The SEC and the Big Ten are done. Next week, join us for the Big 12 edition of the BFC Spring Reports. And don't forget about our website coming this summer with pre-2019 previews and picks coming up real soon. So there's your tease. We're your squeeze. Come back next time, pretty please. For Bip, I'm Chappie. BFC, lights out. <laughs>